You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you Follow the podcast, download every single episode of Peachtree Football, and get it wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify, that's the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, we are there. It is a Friday, so we are getting into the matchup that is the Atlanta Falcons at home, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. But before we do that, we got to say hello to Mr. Squid Billy. What's going on, man? I just, um, just getting, you know, making final preparations for the broadcast we got on Sunday and getting ready for the game. I mean, it's an exciting time here in Atlanta. Uh, Braves in postseason playing this weekend. Falcons, you know, we could, uh, uh, Dylan, we could, we could maybe have a really, really good day in sports. And on Sunday, we could have a game five and we could have a Falcons win that puts them back at 500 and would beat a pretty good, you know, uh, pretty good team, a team that um, played in the NFC Championship game last year. We could also have a really bad day on Sunday as we could lose, <laughs> you know, we could lose game five and, 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 and after losing uh, to a really good San Francisco team that we just mentioned are pretty good. Um, so it, it, it's one of those days that could kind of go um, – Either either way for us here in Atlanta or this one of this weekends, but it's an exciting weekend, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of pumped to to get into some of it, have fun with you guys talking about the Falcons and what they need to do, and um and hopefully, you know, this time, hopefully Sunday night, we're um we're cutting a victory podcast in many ways. On, yeah, on, on Peachtree Football or yeah. Monday morning, whenever we do it, I don't know when we'll do it this week. Who knows? <laughs> Our our lips could either be to the floor or our smiles could either be ear to ear. So it, it ain't no telling. Hopefully the Braves move on to the NOCS, like you said, and the Falcons have a win. So hopefully we are grinning ear to ear on Sunday because that means a lot of good things happen. But how do we have those good things happen? Or how do the Atlanta Falcons help make at least one of those good things happen? That's what we're going to talk about right 
Now, let's get into some matchups to watch. And Squidbillet, I want to go first on this one real quick because I feel like not a lot of people have been touching on this guy. And it's because he's been coming off injury. And I'm talking about a dude for the San Francisco 49ers. He missed the first two weeks with injury. And then ever since he's come back, he's kind of been getting off to a slow start. And I think that's mainly because of he's still trying to get his sea legs under him. Um, he was maybe expecting one quarterback and got another. Um, but these two have a good chemistry and a good relationship. I'm talking about George Kittle. A matchup to watch for me is, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? George Kittle has been, he has been quiet so far this season. Jo- George Kittle so far this season, only hey. 11 receptions, 15 targets, 90. Oh, <laughs> that's why. His matchup was George Kittle. 11 receptions, 15 targets, but just 99 yards to show for it. So he has George Kittle versus Troy Anderson. Yeah, I, I have George Kittle versus whether it's going to be Michael Walker, who they stick in coverage sometimes, Troy Anderson, who could also be pretty good in coverage with his speed. Um, it's going to be George Kittle. You, you, you have to be able to keep George Kittle on the path he's been on, which is not making a whole lot of noise. Do not let George Kittle... Remind everybody he's one of the best tight ends in football this Sunday in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Keep him quiet. Keep whatever's going on between him and Jimmy G going on. Keep him covered up because if you get George Kittle going, that's going to open things up for everybody else. Because lately, teams haven't had to worry too, too much about George Kittle. They've been more worried about Debo and Brandon Ayuk, Jeff Wilson Jr., you don't want to add George Kittle to that list. So well, you have to stay on George Kittle. Let me go ahead and tell you one thing. I, I don't – I have no knowledge. This is a thought. Mm-hmm. I don't think Michael Walker plays. Um, okay. I don't oh, think it's smart. I don't think it's smart that Michael Walker plays uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday. For one, <clears throat> you're going to need him later in the season – so a growing, you don't want you don't want to just get one of these injuries that you allow to continue to nag. Right. But the second part is is I don't need a um uh a, a 50 percent linebacker right. health wise and Michael Walker right. trying to cover a guy like George Kittle. I think True. it's going to be a big opportunity for Troy Anderson. I, I like the fact that you're going there with matchups, and I know you kind of mix it, but I had him specifically with Troy Anderson. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Michael Walker plays. I don't think it's smart move by the coaching set to play Michael Walker because to me you're you're not gaining anything. George Kittle is a better tight end. Now look, unless they have another way, unless they're going to bring a safety down like a Jalen Hawkins and try to let Jalen Hawkins cover Kittle, that could be something that they try to do. But but to me, I know you don't want to put a rookie out there, especially a guy who's not overly experienced at the linebacker position. But I think. Mm-hmm. I think skill set wise, it's a better matchup to have Troy Anderson against George Kittle. I don't think it's a good matchup either way. I don't think there's there's not very many linebackers or safeties that are going to cover Kittle that that it's a good matchup for the yeah. defense. Exactly. Um, it's nor, you know because that's how good Kittle is. Mm-hmm. Him and Kelsey and Kyle Pitts honestly are are three guys who are uh, above and beyond everything else in the tight end. Um. 
uh, a category in the NFL. I mean, uh, Mark Andrews is out there as well. Mark Andrews is a, is a very good player, and um, I don't want to. I don't want to you know take anything away from him. And I'm sure there are guys I'm missing, but I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about George Kittle. And, right. and to me, Kittle is a better version of Travis Kelsey because I think Kittle's a better blocker than Travis Kelsey. But I think it's a good point. But I think you could see a lot of Troy Anderson, some Jalen Hawkins um, out there on, uh, you know, on Kittle. And maybe they try to cover him with a nickel, but I don't think that makes much sense because I think the size advantage is just too too vast. I think you're going to see an Anderson or a, an Hawkins trying to cover up uh, a, a very lethal George Kittle. Yeah, I'm with you um, because, to be clear, honest, I, I completely – it escaped my mind that uh, Michael Walker was on the injury report. We actually talked about that Wednesday, so I don't know how I forgot. But, yes, Michael Walker is on the injury report with the groin, like you said. So, to me, you you don't want to hobble Michael Walker. You don't want to hobble anybody trying to cover George Kittle, uh, especially when he's starting to get back in the rhythm of things, starting to get his sea legs back under him. I think the best matchup is Troy Anderson. You, I think the physicality that Troy Anderson brings to the football game, not to say that Jalen Hawkins wouldn't be physical or anybody else wouldn't be physical, but I think Troy Anderson has the nice mix or the best mix of speed and strength when it comes to how you need to approach how you cover George Kittle because you got to be fast enough and you got to be physical enough to bring him down when you finally do get to him. And I think just the uh, the disadvantage when it comes to height and weight for Jalen Hawkins, I think he'll be a little be at more of a disadvantage than Troy Anderson would be because I think Troy Anderson has enough speed and enough strength to uh, to keep up and bring down George Kittle. So that's, that's a really that's, good point there. That's true, but the one thing that I think Jalen Hawkins has is he's a guy that's played mm-hmm. defense for his career. He's been yeah. in this is his third year. I, I think um, that for me, the situation where I'd rather, you know, why I would – I don't just uh, just think that it'll just be Troy Anderson is, is that he's a guy who can cover – and he's got a more experience. So, you know, mm-hmm. the football IQ part of just playing defense and in coverage against a guy like George Kittle, right. to me, is why I would throw him out there. But I think uh, raw talent, size, speed, uh, and agility, I, I do think Troy Anderson is a little bit of a, a different type of player. And I think that could set up well against, against a guy like Kittle. Okay. Well, since we both had the same matchup there, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw out another matchup that I am uh, really looking out for. And to me, it's got to be really the, the defense versus Debo Samuel because I don't know who's going to cover De- Debo most of the time. And it's really because Debo lines up everywhere. So I, I wish I could single it down to A.J. Terrell. And I mean, A.J. Terrell will be on Debo sometimes, but sometimes he might be in the backfield. Sometimes it might be a jet sweeping. You know, a linebacker is going to have to get to him or, or match up with him. So, really, and I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday, you're going to have to stay disciplined when it comes to all the looks that Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan throws at you. And he's going to put Debo in a lot of different uh, spots and situations. You, you have to be, as the defense, ready for every single place he goes. So, people have to know their assignments. This is a, this is a, a, a game where you're really going to have to stay on your marks and know where you're supposed to be on the field and what and what uh, space of the field you know you're supposed to be covering, what uh, what region of the field you're responsible for. Because if Debo lines up on uh, in the backfield, you somebody's got to know whose responsibility that is. If, if he lines up on the outside, is he, you know, A.J. Terrell, is, is it Casey Hayward, whoever is it, they need to be on him, you know. So wherever Debo Samuel lines up, the team has to know 
whose responsibility he is at least for that play. So that's going to be huge because they're going to move Debo around. They're going to do a lot of different things with him. The defense has to know and they have to be aware of where he is and whose responsibility it is to make sure he doesn't gouge us for uh, for a whole bunch of yards. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an interesting – look, I, I, they have played before. Yeah. Um, they played. They played Debo since this version. They played last year, yeah. and, and, and in, in two games, this guy has five catches for eighty-nine yards, um, and he's got seven carries for another thirty-seven. He does have a touchdown on the ground. I think he came up late last year. If I don't, if I remember correctly, uh, in the game rushing, helped kind of seal that game away for them. You always got to be aware of Debo. I, I don't want to discredit. Yeah. Him, but one of the things that I've looked at and I've been thinking about is uh, we're kind of on the other side. I mean, we can talk about their offense all we want, but the right. strength of this team is really their defense. It is. I mean, they are they they lead or are top five in almost every in almost every major category. In fact, the only categories that they're outside of the top ten uh-huh. it would be uh, the turnovers and. and, and and that's uh, not all on them, obviously. Right. My turnover margin, obviously, came to the offense as well. But, I mean, maybe the defense is a little overrated. They have played some teams like the Bears and lost. I know that was the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and and we talked about that, that that, that was a Trey Lance start. And right. Jimmy G wasn't on the field. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better player than Trey Lance at this point in their careers. I don't yeah. care about prospect or whatever. Uh, I'm talking about a team that's trying to go to, you know, go to go win some games and, Maybe get back to a Super Bowl, or right. at least at the very least, get back to their NFC Championship. They're right. banged up. Arik uh, Armstead didn't make the trip, so I don't expect him to play. I don't expect Nick Bosa to play. Um, Javon Kinlaw didn't play last week. We we know Jimmy Ward's been banged up. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley's out with yep. ACL. Uh, so you know, this is a team that's missing quite a few. That was missing a few players, and that doesn't. Look, they still got some guys like Javarius Ward and, and Dre Green, Greenlaw and uh, Fred Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in he's football. Akeem Spence is on the defensive line. Guy played at Tampa, so he knows. I mean, he's been he's played eleven times against the Falcons, and he's mm-hmm. he's uh, you know, he's he's been okay. He's been great, but um, so this is a this is a tough defense. But, but the, the the biggest thing is Domenico Ryan's has been a really good defensive coordinator he so far, has. and he. Yeah. He's really got his defense rolling. You know, last year, this year, and this is a guy who knows what he's doing. He likes to. Uh, me and Archer were talking about this, and I don't want to take Archer's you know, still his thunder, but Archer and me were talking about how this this is a, this is a defense that they like to run that single high safety. They're gonna they're, they're naturally playing with about eight men in the box, uh, and those were Archer's words. I mean, he's looked at this. So to me, this is a game where you, if you're Arthur Smith, are you willing to let Marcus Mariota do more? Are you willing to open this offense up a little bit? Uh, I, I just don't – I think that there are times where he's opened it up, but I don't think he's really opened it up because he this is he realizes this team has played better running the football. And it's not – look, that's that's what I want my coach to do, know the strengths. So I think there's an opportunity maybe to, to air it out a little bit. And I want to see how Arthur Smith – Arthur Smith and this coach and Dave Ragone have done a really good job of making second-half adjustments. And so is Dean Pease. The entire yeah. staff done a really good job of making second-half adjustments. So I'm very interested to see 
if uh, if if he can get D'Amico Ryan's off balance in their defense and maybe attack this defense and it'll open up the run game a little bit for them and maybe we can still maybe we can uh, have her cake and eat it too. So uh, the Archer Sprint versus D'Amico Ryan's chess match is something I'm really looking forward to. Good call, on coaching matchup. I like it. Bo Morgan is in his bag today. He went to the coaching matchup. I love it. That is a great point though because D'Amico Ryan's has been very. Very good. And now he's getting a lot of talk about he should be a head coach next year, which, you know, he probably should. So, you know, maybe he get a shot at that next year. But as far as this game goes, it is going to be interesting to uh, to see how Arthur Smith, um, like you said, how he counters what D'Amico Ryans wants to do on uh, on defense. And since you brought up the fact that, you know, will Arthur Smith let Marcus Mariota air it out? I believe that's the key to the game. And with that, we'll get to our keys to the game. And one is what you touched on, Marcus Mariota. He has to win us. I'm not going to say he has to win us this game with his arm, but he's going to have to make more plays probably in this game than he has in past games with his arm. He's going to do it with his legs. We know that. I think we'll be able to get the running game going, especially with guys like you said. I didn't even know um, you, you shined a light on me. I didn't know. Arik Armstead didn't make the trip, so that's uh, very good. And if guys, and if people didn't know, um, or the San Francisco 49ers have been in – they played the Carolina Panthers last week, and they've been in West Virginia since hanging out on the East Coast, which they, which they have done in uh, years past. So Arik Armstead not making the trip just basically, I think, guarantees that he's not going to play. And then you touched on as well Joey Bosa on the injury report, Manuel Mosley after the season tour in ACL. You are on mute, my His brother Nick, not Joey. Don't know. Oh, I said Joey. I'm sorry. Nick. Brothers. Nick, I always, always do that. Shame on Dylan. I messed him up. Hey, Nick, one is Nick as bad as the other, by the way. They're both, they're, I don't want to face either one of them. On yeah, I was about to say, I don't, I don't want to see either one. And uh, if Nick plays, we will see both, depending on, you know, if Joey's healthy by the time we play the Chargers, because we do play the Chargers uh, this year, right? Yeah, we play the Chargers this year. So, yeah, we'll see both. Both both the brothers, possibly. We'll see if uh, Nick plays. On Sunday, but again, will Marcus Mariota be able to air it out? Will, will he be able to make uh, key throws? He has done it in games past, but again, he hasn't have to. Yeah, ha he's made some very good throws, but I think he'll have to make more in this game. Will he be able to do that? That's a key. Another key, I believe, sticking on um, what the offense is going to be able to do. The Atlanta Falcons offense, Kyle Pitts. Are we gonna be able to? get him involved, how healthy is he going to be, you know, who, who's going to match up with Kyle Pitts uh, as far as, you know, on that on that San Francisco 49ers defense. You know, I'm not sure they stick a guy like Fred Warner on them. I think it's going to be uh, somebody else. So winning one-on-one -on -one matchups, you know, to make things easier for Marcus Mariota. Um, so, you know, Kyle Pitts, is he, if he's going to be able to play, he's going to obviously take some attention. That's going to open things up for, for Drake London. Um, and, you know, so I think that's going to be a key matchup, you know, you know, is Kyle Pitts, who, who they're going to put on Kyle Pitts, is Kyle going to be healthy enough to win some one-on-one -on -one matchups, him opening things up for Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus, he has been big time. Um, another thing actually kind of tying into that, are the Falcons going to be able to hit on some, on some deep shots? Because I think there's going to be an opportunity there. Like you said, with D'Amico Ryan's usually playing eight in the box. I think there are going to be some chances there. There are going to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups if they're allocating all those resources to the box. We're going to have a chance to maybe see a Demir Bird, 
who's who's a speedster straight down the field and go for some deep shots. Alameda Zacchaeus, we're maybe going to see um, them try to take some deep shots with Alameda Zacchaeus. Can you connect on those and really try to stretch this 49ers defense out? So the one-on-one matchups and maybe taking the deep ball and connecting on the deep ball. Arthur Smith has talked about that earlier in the year, being able to connect on that deep ball pretty consistently. I think that's going to be a big key for this game because if you can throw the deep ball and if you can connect on a couple of shots in deep ball, don't have to be too many, just maybe one or two. If you can do that, then maybe they have to change up what they want to do. Maybe not allocate so many resources to the box to make sure stuff isn't going over their heads. And then that opens things up even more for the running game. Yeah, I, I think, um, look, if, 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 if they get the passing game going, obviously, it opens up the run game because now right. you make the defense respect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think having Kyle Pitts back will help with that. Uh, right. I do think Pitts will play. I think Pitts will be. Um, I think I think Pitts will be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a chance of obviously uh, re aggravating an injury, but I do think that that's a good point. With if you you know you you make that defense respect the deep ball, but for me, you know one of the things that you've seen is it feels like everything in this offense is off play action. Right. They've got to get some you know, the quick passing game going. And they had to extend, but I need – what I'd really like to see is them connect on some more of these screens. I think – Yeah. You look at the numbers last week, they threw five or six screens and over a couple of drops. Um, so, I think a lot of people put stuff on Mariota, but seeing the offense opened up a little bit with from is something that I think that comes from, to me, the play calling. And I think that they just feel like they haven't had to do it and, and they've been reluctant to because they think they're better off you know with more run heavy I, that makes me wonder if they truly trust their offensive line in the yeah. pass pro i mean right. mariota was sacked five or six times last week let's not yeah, forget that we didn't get any roughing calls but he was hit quite a few <laughs> times so i think there's a lot to go into it um you know, the one thing I would say is a key for me, and I know we're not going to spend all day on keys, but the, the one thing I'd say for a key is it's it seems like a pretty obvious and easy one to bring up. And I'm because that's we're, we're we're just two guys who like to talk sports. I mean, neither one of us are former NFL players or coordinators or coaches right. or anything like that. But to me, it's I need both. I need both sides winning on first down. Yes. I need my. Like the bit, most important yes. thing for this offense is not to be in second and third and longs. Oh, now, no. second and six to me is not second and long. I know it's considered long, but no. it's not because you're on your own schedule. Right. You know? right. Uh, but third and long is is just a, it's, it's going to be a no win situation right. for this team going in with this defense. You, you, we cannot afford to constantly be in third and second and third and longs. Only yeah, because, one thing, because you can still run the ball. You still got your whole offense there. But right. when you push it to second and twelve, or sec- even second and ten, it kind of limits what you can do exactly. unless you really get a look that you can switch to. Which Marcus has done a good job at mm-hmm. this year of switching calls and audibling out of things based on what he sees and in, in the play helping you gain positive yardage. But on the other side, don't let these guys get in third and short. Like, look, Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball too. He showed that last week with Jeff Wilson getting 120 yards. I mean, this is the eighth-best rushing offense in the NFL. They're averaging almost 140 yards a game. They're not as good as you, but they're pretty good. But this is their DNA, too. 
I don't know if Trent Williams will play. That's a big thing if he doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a big left tackle. It's a valuable player. I think he will, but there's a chance he won't. But don't let them get in these third and short situations where they can that they can uh, convert. Make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I like Jimmy. I yeah, think he's much better than he was. Good. But he he they want to do the quick short game with him, much like Brady did. Don't think they won't come in here and try to do some of that, especially like you said earlier with Debo and uh, maybe even Jeff Wilson. So I, that being said, uh, I just think that. You've got to win on early downs and don't put yourself behind the eight ball constantly on both sides of the ball in those situations. Correct. And you talked about staying on schedule. That's massively important on both sides. But as far as being on offense, go when the Falcons are on offense, you have to stay on schedule because if you get in those third and longs, you know, 38, 39, 30 and 10, anything past that, it really allows the defense. And if Nick Bosa plays, to pin his ears back, and I mean, even if he doesn't play, the rest of that defensive line is good, and whoever's going to be on the edges for the 49ers are going to be good. It lets them pin their ears back and really just focus on nothing else but trying to take down Marcus Mariota. And I know he's got that mobility, but if guys are coming at him left and right, he can only do so much with his legs. And I mean, he got out of some jams last week, and he still got sacked five times like you touched on. So you cannot, cannot be behind schedule on offense because it can really wreck your whole game and with that with the we don't want the whole game wrecked we want the Falcons to get a victory what is going to be that deciding factor well I'm going to tell you and a new thing we're going to start doing squid Billy Dylan's deciding factor I'm going to give you what the one thing that I think is really going to decide this football game and we already touched on it the passing game the passing game overall can we stretch out the San Francisco 49ers defense with the passing game? I think if we do that, we win this football game. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. If Marcus Mariota throws for anything over 200 yards, and I said, and I know 200 seems like little, like what? 200? But he hasn't, he hasn't thrown for, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's thrown for over 200 uh, this season. I have to go back. I should have checked before, but I check the numbers. Maybe week one is the is the week he got the closest. Um, but he hasn't been around that. He hasn't been around that milestone for most of this season. So if you get Marcus Mariota 200 plus yards through the air uh, in the passing game, I think that sets up the Atlanta Falcons really nicely. You can connect on a couple of deep balls, like you said. You can be good in that screen game in that short, quick passing game. If Marcus Mariota is able to make some big-time throws, I think that's the deciding factor because I'm of the opinion now that we can run on anybody, that we can run on any defensive line. I think we are that good in the running game and we are that committed to the running game. However, what exactly can we do in the passing game? Like you said earlier, I'm not sure we opened it all the way up yet. I want to see it opened up, revved up, and running down the highway and see how uh, just how effective we can be in this passing game. This is a huge game for Marcus Mariota. He has an opportunity. He didn't have it last week, but hopefully he can have it this week to help us to, you know, win us a game. So we'll see. But Dylan's deciding factor for this week is the passing game. Marcus Mariota in the passing game. We get the passing game going. We get it cranked up like we haven't quite yet before. I think there's a very, very good chance the Atlanta Falcons win this football game. 
Yeah, he's thrown for 200 yards twice this season. Last okay. time he did it was in Seattle, okay. and uh, he's he's been close. He was he he threw for 196 against LA. The last two weeks, he has uh, not been. He, he's not really come close. Uh, the most you know he he had 147 last week, and he only he didn't even hit 140 the week before. So they and 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 they've thrown the ball honestly. If you look at his attempts, I mean, he only he threw the ball 33 times in week one, uh, and he threw it another 26, and then 20 in those the following weeks, and then he uh, he 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 threw for 25 last week, but they were also down. So uh, I like it. I, I think Mariota. Look, there's no doubt that we're going to need Marcus to win us some games this year if we're going to make some kind of run for a uh, and contend for a postseason berth. And you know what? It could start this week, and uh, I, I think. I think um, with a healthy receiving quarterback, it could be could possibly set up if if they can give him time. I think he could set up well for Marcus. Yeah, and you you said too he's got to have the time as well. Like you said, the offensive line hasn't been great this year in pass protection, and you know it seems like they it hasn't been anything major. But that's because we've been doing a lot of running the ball, especially these past couple of weeks. Like you said, so offensive line is going to have to come up big and give Marcus Mariota time. And then with that time, Marcus Mariota is going to have to deliver some good throws to really uh, stretch out the San Francisco 49er defense. But we've given you the matchups, we've given you the keys, even gave you Dylan's deciding factor. It's now time to tell you what we think the final score will be on Sunday. Squid Billy, the honors go to you first, my friend. Well, I don't have a huge feel for this game other than – other than I think we're watching two teams that are very similar, two teams that right. want to run the ball first, use right. it to set up their passing game, especially with where they're at right now. And, uh, you know, the better defense is, is no doubt the San Francisco defense. Um, you know, they're only allowing 40% of, of red zone possessions in and touchdowns. And this Falcons defense has gotten better. They're only allowing 57%, which is way down from what it was early in the season. Right. Uh, I don't think either team honestly gets close to where they normally score. I think mm. this is going to be a tight game. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I, I'm not really high on our on the birds. I, I think San Francisco has got too much. I think they're going to get it done. I think it's going to be somewhere around a 17-13-type uh, uh, game. I, I think the Falcons cover – but I think San Francisco ultimately uh, wins uh, on Sunday, and and I hate saying that, and I hope I'm re- I way hope I'm wrong. Like I would love to be talking Sunday night uh, with you about how wrong I am on this. Yeah, I, I hope we're both wrong because I'm I'm not feeling a Falcons victory either. I know I picked the Falcons all this year, but I'm gonna be like you. I I you know as much as I want to be a homer, I want to say the Falcons gonna win. I want the Falcons to win. Just not sure, um, especially if, if Bosa plays. I'm not sure how well that's going to bode because he's good in the run and the pass. Um, this offensive line, I'm not – I'm confident in when it comes to running the ball, but pass protecting against a guy like Nick Bosa, again, if he plays, I'm not sure if he's going to play yet. But if he does, we haven't had to go up against too many premier pass rushers. I mean, maybe the one was Cam Jordan. Um and, and we did a pretty good job against him. We also ran the ball pretty well. Um, don't so, forget Aaron Donald. Let me tell Aaron you something. Donald, that's true. Jack Barrett yeah. was a pretty damn good pass. Is a pretty good one, too, you went against. That's um, true. You, 
you face some guys. Yeah, that's it's, true. It, uh, you know, it's just um, you. That I think it's part of why you've seen this this team throw the ball uh, minimally. I think that's yeah. why we've seen it. The air attack grounded, uh, among other things, the fact that they can run the ball well. So, and this you and the San Francisco 49 defense is top notch. They've only been giving up seventy one rush yards per game, and with the Atlanta Falcons bread and butter being the running game, averaging about around 156 yards per game on the ground. Something's got to give. I hope the San Francisco 49ers rushing um, rushing defense gives, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case. And they got a lot of talent on offense too. So our guys going to be up for the task on defense. And if they dink and dunk you, I mean, Brady had, Brady had success against that. I mean, maybe they can adjust, but we'll see how well they can adjust that in a week because I believe – the 49ers are really going to try and attack that way because they saw Brady have success with the last week. So what kind of what kind of uh, adjustments have the Falcons made from uh, from last week to this week? We'll see. But I'm feeling another close game. I don't think the Falcons I don't think the Falcons have a blowout really in their DNA. But with that said, I unfortunately think the 49ers are going to take this one. I'm going to say a final score of 20 to 13. I think that's going to be the uh, the final score, and unfortunately, the Falcons don't get this one uh, done. But it'll be a close one. But uh, they might they might throw up a little sacrifice for the Atlanta Braves this Sunday. <laughs> but uh, that's that's going to do it for this edition of Peachtree Football. Again, make sure you guys like this edition of Peachtree Football. Make sure you download it. Make sure you follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts. That's on Spotify. That is wherever you get your podcast, the Odyssey app as well. So, Falcons, hopefully we're talking about, hopefully we're having to say, man, we were really, really wrong about the Falcons on Sunday. So, hopefully we come back and say that. We're talking about a big Braves win, them advancing on to the NLCS. Hopefully, again, our smiles are from ear to ear on Sunday. But we will see. The next time we will talk to you is on Sunday. When we are recapping and reacting and breaking down what happened against the Falcons and the 49ers. Kick is at 1.02 p.m. Uh, Sunday in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, for, for Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews. Thank you for listening to Peace Street Football. And until we talk to you guys next time, you know what time it is. Oh, 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 Hey, 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 hey,